Peace and love. This is Brother Fahim, and you are now tuned in to the Legal Logic Podcast. You know the vibes. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's been a minute since I've been up in it, but I'm back trying to win it. <laughs> yeah, man. What's going on, you guys? It's, uh, this podcast is long, long overdue, but I figured I'd come on in and give y'all a little bit of what's been going on, man. What's been happening and what I what I've been into these last few weeks, man. Um, hoping that you guys can can relate, man. And hopefully that y'all will relax your mind, let your conscience be free. Come on, sit down and, and talk to Brother Fahim. So, man, recently I just had the distinctive pleasure and honor, man, of participating in the African Festival of Arts in Chicago. And it was wonderful, man. It was absolutely wonderful. You know, this was the first festival that they've had since COVID, you know. Chicago was a city that was on lockdown quite a bit over the last two years. So any large gatherings was really uh, shut down and taboo. At least legal ones, right? (laughs) But uh, nonetheless, it was just a great time. It was great to experience that culture. It was great to experience that brotherhood, sisterhood. And it was just great to experience, you know, something so centered in African, Afrocentricities, man. And it was it was rejuvenating and refreshing for me in my spirit. So I figured I would come on, man, and share a couple of things with you guys. So just in case you guys do not know about the African Festival, this year it was from the 2nd to the 5th, which was from Friday to Monday. And on Friday, that first day, it was like 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. But then every day after that, it was 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So it's located in Washington Park, 5100 South Cottage Grove Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, it was it was wonderful. You know, the tickets, uh, I think it was $30 online, 40 at the door, maybe 25 for seniors, 10 for children, something like that. A little bit of history about it. You know, uh, it's every Labor Day weekend, and it's at the Washington Park in the Museum District on the South Side. And this is the city's largest celebration of global Black culture. You know, um, and it, it came back from that two-year hiatus, man, from the pandemic. And the theme was back to culture, back to tradition. You know, and man, it included all kind of cuisine, music, you know, spirituality, literature. And the whole theme is to set up like a replica African village. So it gives the participant, those people who uh, get in the park, you know, they get to experience what it would be like at an African market, you know, walking down, you know, the street and different booths, different vendors selling their food, selling their wares, selling their soaps, selling their goods. And it's a, it's a sense of, uh, it's a it's a deep sense of community in that because we understand that we patronize ourselves one of the things that we have to do is we have to build up our community right and we know that building up our community is more than just education it's also uh patronizing it's also spending our dollars together and fortifying and solidifying our economic habits so that we can form a powerhouse so yeah the African Festival was a wonderful opportunity for everyone to do that. So I think that if you are in the area, even if you're not, you should take a trip because that is absolutely 
one of the seven wonders of the cultural world. Eight wonders of the world. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's an experience to have. So, and you know, they have sponsors like any other festival. You know, uh, AARP Chicago, NRG. I'm reading these now. Jewel Osco, Afro Zones, Com Ed, AARP, uh, Love Tito's, FedEx, Sinai, Pilar, Share Network, Sox, BT, uh, T Mobile, uh, Alto for uh, Gift of Hope. You know, uh, I, I mentioned uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. I might have mentioned the University of Chicago already. But the one that I want to mention last, because they were so instrumental and vital in making this thing happen, was the Africa International House, which is on 62nd and Drexel, I believe. That's where we were. But this is the, the building. This is the organization that really organizes. They, you know, they get everything together. You know, they set everything up. They deal with the vendors. They, you know, they deal with the, the park setup, all that good stuff. When it's going to happen, who they're going to bring out. All of these things are done by the Africa International House, so I want to give them a special shout out because they, they really make this thing a success and they really did a, a wonderful job. So kudos. And then, you know, it's, it's crazy how I mentioned to you guys that the way they set it up is like an African village. They want to replicate or reinvent what the experience is for those of us who have yet to go to the continent, to the motherland what it's like to be there and to be uh, engaged and involved in a live market, you know? And so they have different villages set up and the villages are Nubia, Kush, Songhai, Timbuktu, and then of course the food court was the Bank of the Nile. So with the fine art, you know, it, that was in Nubia. It was at a different section, right? And, you know, all those figurines, uh, the wearable uh, art and jewelry, you know, all of those statuesque type of uh, uh, figures that you might put up in your house, those pictures that you might hang up on the wall, you know, uh, things that you might put in the foyer of your home or the corners or wherever. That was all in the Nubia to find art, and it was so rich. Just seeing different cultures, because you gotta remember, Ghana was represented, Liberia was represented, Nigeria. Uh, Congo, uh, Mali, you know, uh, 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 all these different countries on the continent, they were represented through these arts, through these fine arts. So that was all in Nubia. And then you had Kush, which was uh, another wearable art. So all of those, you know, uh, rings, the ankh rings, the bracelets, the waist beads, the, you know, the cultural skirts, cultural shirts, the crop tops that the sisters wear with African print. That was all in Kush. You know, this was a section of the park. And when you think about these villages, if you've ever been to maybe Disney World, okay, or, or you've been to any amusement park that had a themed area, you know, this area might be uh, Joyland, and this area might be Fantasyland. That's what you should think when you think of how they had these villages set up. It was just a way to let people know, hey, look, this is what's going on. This is where these things are. And it was super duper cool because each village uh, contained a different aesthetic visually. You know, it was all beautiful, but it looked it looked different, right? It, it had a different aesthetic to it. 
uh, and it had a different feel. That different aesthetic calls for a different feel. And it caused you to really say, hmm, maybe these cultures are different in this way. Each culture is unique in that way. And you could really, it, it really resonated when you went to the different villages. So I myself was in Sangai. That was where a lot of the African arts, crafts, collectible and natural products. So where I was, it was a whole lot of shea butter. It was a lot of black soap. Um, it was a lot of earrings, it was a lot of drums, it was a lot of those statuettes. The captain that was vending next to me, he had these different figurines and they were like massive, they were heavy, but they were so amazingly beautiful though. He had one man that was an elder with a cane, he had a sister holding up a, you know, her, her son. Things like that, man, things that I know people would love to have in their homes. Different memorabilia that is uh, indicative of rich African culture. This was all in Sangai where I was. So it was beautiful, man. And then you had Timbuktu, which was adjacent to where I was, right across. And it was the same thing, you know, you saw these different fabrics, these different prints. It was all these different uh, bags, you know, it was different uh, wristbands, t-shirts. I mean, it was just, you were saturated and inundated with African culture, man. It was just, African culture was on overload. So yeah, that was in Timbuktu, and then finally you had the Bank of the Nile, and that was, you know, <laughs> people were eating uh, jollof rice, wolof rice, jerk chicken, goat meat, you know, fish from the Caribbean, meat patties, you know, uh, tubagi, uh, fish, dry rice and fish, smoked fish, all of these things, man. They were eating and they were partaking in, and it was it was wonderful because I'm not sure how often people you know, partake in these, these cultural endeavors outside of these special festivals and, and events, you know, but hopefully it will motivate people to be a little bit more uh, inquisitive and open-minded. It is my observation that if you want to penetrate a culture uh, swiftly, you do it through cuisine. I think if you're an open-minded person and you know uh, you'll try different things, you can you could really learn about culture, man, just by, you know, trying different foods from these different cultures. And you'll be surprised what you find. And I've always found, you know, people appreciate you when you appreciate them. So the more you partake or you're open to partake in some, a culture other than your own, uh, there are benefits to that. There are absolutely benefits and perks that you will be given simply because you are open to something other than what you are used to. So, yeah, that was in the food court. <clears throat> that was that was what was going on. That was how they had it set up. And so, you know, outside of that, I'd like to talk a little bit of what I experienced. So, you know, I wanted to represent, obviously, Lead With Logic, the, the podcast, but I also wanted to represent my brand and the concept and what it really means. And so I took black and white t-shirts out there and I was selling them. And uh, it really afforded me the opportunity to meet so many people, to dialogue with people, which is what I really love to do. And uh, really explain. And I was telling people, man, it's a brand, a saying, and a podcast. And uh, you know, how I developed Leave With Logic and how I developed the, the logo and what it means, and, you know, for those of you who don't know, maybe I haven't ever really broken down uh, 
how I came up with my logo. So basically, and this is what I was explaining to people, right? Basically, it's a derivative of the Niantipote, which is the wisdom knot. And it's a symbol, it's an Adinkra symbol. And there are, there are thousands of Adinkra symbols. The Adinkra symbols come from the Akan people in Ghana. And each symbol has a meaning to it. And so when you're giving the name of a symbol, even if I didn't know you personally, I knew that you tried to live up to whatever name you were given because I was familiar with the names. And whether you know it or not, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, names are super duper important. What you call yourself, what you are called, absolutely is instrumental in how you see yourself, your, your self-image, your self-perspective. So make sure that you call yourself something noble. Make sure that you call yourself something positive every single day. But nonetheless, the, the wisdom knot. And the belief is if you can untie the wisdom knot, you can enhance with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And well, anyone who's listening or partaking in my podcast, I, I would generally hope that you've gained some sort of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. You've enhanced yourself in, in areas of uh, wisdom. Hopefully you can take away something that I you know, said, and you can use it in your everyday life. And that's what legal logic is all about. You know, getting us to think critically, getting us to think positively, and getting us to think collectively. Um, and so, yeah, I was out there and I, saw, I was selling my shirts and selling my, uh, 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 you know, I was selling my shirts and, and just dialoguing with people, man, just really enjoying people's energy, man, and, and building with people. It was, it was, it was really beautiful man it was really really beautiful and it kept me rejuvenated you know it kept me refreshed and i was like man this is it like i said i was in sangha and my booth was s54 and uh i wasn't too far from uh one of the entries from the park but uh it was just so cool man it was just so so cool to have people walk by and me be able to engage them and you know a lot of a lot of the products that people had out there they were kind of self-explanatory you know there's not much to say i mean you can always say something about your product don't get me wrong you can always distinguish your product from other people's and then tell why your product is a little bit more unique but a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of those products were self-explanatory and so it calls for the vendors to take an approach that you know they might not have been the most engaged all the time. Not everybody, but a few. But me, on the other hand, you know, I wanted to engage. I, I knew that the more people that I could engage with, the better off I would have done. And it wasn't really just to sell. It was just to make it known, make my knowledge, wisdom, and understanding known. Because the value is really uh, in the concept, right? The value is really listening and learning to the podcast because logic is something that can really help you i mean it's a balance right we understand that the the universe is is balanced in motion in real time everything has a counter you know everything has uh, a doppelganger <laughs> if you will you know there's a yin and a yang, there's a hot and a cold, there's a positive and a negative. 
it's an up and a down. You know, uh, these things are polar opposites, but they're necessary for for the other to run. And so, so yeah, man, um, that whole uh, people understanding that logical piece and how it affects us and how it can really save us from a lot of headache and harm. I really enjoy expounding on that and advocating and propagating for my brand because a lot of people who uh, patronize me uh, they really understood it and I was so so proud I was so so proud um I want to take this moment and uh, shout some people out man I'm always uh, overwhelmed by I feel like undeserved acts of kindness from people you know but I accept it, man, and I appreciate it. So I want to say a couple of things about a couple of people. Now, these were people who I can remember. If I if I don't call some people out, if I don't say your name, hey, I still love you, and uh, and I appreciate you. These are just the people at this point in this time and space that I remember. Uh, of course, my wife, Oluwa Faith, for uh, trusting my vision, man, and, and really supporting and really trying to be the first believer and believing uh, in what the brand stands for and the message, believing that other people would would take it as well. That was my wife. You know, brothers, never say behind every great man is a great woman. That's incorrect. It's beside every great man is a great woman. Um, the minister said a man can't be a man without a woman. And I, I truly believe that because she brings out the best and she's going to help you uh, do consistent and uh, constant edification. You're going to have to do internal audits all the time, especially when you're married. So I just want to thank my, my, my beautiful wife for uh, for helping me, for continuing to help me and for seeing the vision. Also, uh, I have to say thank you to my sister, uh, Fatu, my sister Nellie, you know, who uh, who really helped me. This is all a part of my experience. These, these people, y'all, uh, Nellie helped me out every single day and she was supportive she came out there and sat with me and uh it was it was really uh it was it was heartfelt and heartwarming i really appreciate you Nelly. also uh i want to shout out this is a couple i want to shout out siru and lorenzo you guys <laughs> um my siru was super supportive and, and just wanted me to have a good experience and she wanted me to relish everything and not worry excessively just make sure that i was set up and i love you for that siri you and lorenzo both lorenzo was so helpful and uh man you guys really eased a lot of the the, the nervous jitters that i had and calmed my, a lot of my fears so and then my sister she flew all the way out my sister shay uh she flew all the way out from to chicago just to uh, just to support man and hang out and, uh, and she came through and she patronized and, and uh, she sat with me. It was just cool, man. It was really, really cool for her to do that. And I'll never forget that. You know, I'll never forget it. Um, also, my sister Tacoma, right? T came through. She walked probably a third of a mile to come in, just to come and support, man. Just to come in and uh, say and give, man, and give and, and support black business. Um, wow, I appreciated that, and I didn't expect it. I wanted I wanted the sister to just come into the park, man, and, and, and 
you know, see what she could, maybe give a little bite. And uh, but no, she came in with a mission, and she wanted her mission was to support her brother in black business. And I, again, I appreciate that. And last uh, but not least, uh, from this set of supporters, uh, my homegirl Lalita, Lalita, um, Lalita Hill. Yeah, <laughs> just recently she found out uh, what I was doing, and she was like, "Yo, I gotta support." You know, I got to support, I got to support black business, especially when it's a friend of mine's black business. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to send a special shout out, uh, to those sisters, uh, and say, thank you. I love you all. That sisters and that brother, <laughs> Lorenzo, I want to shout out everybody that I mentioned, man, and just say, I love you and thank you because, uh, you know, it really does take a village to raise a child, but also, uh, it takes a village to be successful in many things, not just child rearing. It takes a village. And when you have your village behind you, it's amazing. It feels so great. So I had to shout those sisters out first, man, because uh, what they did, they did what they didn't have to do, man. And they did it so hum humbly and graciously. So um, to my vendor, to all my vendors, my man, AB, who showed me a lot of love, uh, Umar who was right next to me. You had Trish, you had Allura. You know, these people were vets. They have been doing it for, for a while. So I listened to them. I respected them. And I tried to, you know, when I could drive business to them, when I knew people weren't looking for maybe t-shirts, they were looking for what they were, they had to sell. If I engaged and found out their objective was to come get maybe a bonnet, I'd send them to Trish. They were trying to get earrings. I sent them to Laura. They were trying to get shea butter, black soap. I might send them over to Umar. And there's no might about it. I would. But in turn, man, the knowledge and wisdom that I gained from those vendors is immeasurable and invaluable. Um, and I appreciate it. They were so humble and kind uh, to speak and to give me a little bit of knowledge. A lot of knowledge, actually. Because, you know, Sometimes there's this thing about seniority, you know, people who are senior. Let's not do this, y'all. Let's give as freely as air is given to us, right? You know, there's no charge for air right now. <laughs> the creator, the ancestors, the gods, they give us these things uh, freely and humbly. The sun, the sun is indiscriminate on how it shines on us. And so these these other, these vendors, these, my fellow vendors, they were indiscriminate in the amount of knowledge and wisdom that they bestowed upon me. And I really, really appreciate that. That's something that I try to uh, replicate and recreate in my life. Whenever someone does good to me, man, or whenever show, people show me love, uh, I try to recreate it the best way I can pay them back is to do it to someone else, is to show that love to somebody else, right? Uh, is to keep it going because that's really not from me. That's from the person that showed me love and showed me kindness. That's from them. And that's my way of continuing uh, continuing that legacy of love, that, that legacy of light. So, yeah, man. Um, and then also, you know, when you are vending, what I found out is you want to build a rapport with your, your fellow uh vendors because what happens when you have to use the bathroom and you need someone to watch your spot <laughs> you know you need those vendors to be there for you. you need those vendors to say hey i got you go ahead on and do what you need to do 
and I had that, so it was amazing. But yeah, man. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to shout those people out. Um, you know, those vendors. Also, uh, when y'all get a chance, what I would like y'all to do is go to Hit USA Radio. Hit USA Radio uh, was a radio station that was posted up. It was the only radio station that was posted up, and they were covering the event. And I met, man, some beautiful spirits, some beautiful human beings. My man, Tommy Guns. You can follow Tommy Guns uh, on Instagram. Uh, Radical Allen, he's on Instagram too. Ryan Cole and my man, Eugene, uh, Eugene D. And bro, and uh, I think it's Rob Ski. Rob Ski was the other brother. And these guys were so gracious and humble to allow me to get on their platform and expound upon what my brand is and what I have going on. I was just, I was like, wow. And so, uh, yeah, they gave me airtime on two days. And so I said, you know what? Let me shout these guys out because that was huge by way of promotion. That was huge by way of exposure. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, hit USA Radio. Make sure when you can, you go on over there and take a listen. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, um. You know, my takeaways were various. You know, whenever I experience something, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, I try to always write down what I took away. I try to remember, bookmark in my experience of life what this event, what this uh, festival, what it meant to me. What can I take away? I'm going to tell you, I mentioned the brother Eugene D., down at Hit USA Radio, and he introduced me to a guy. He brought a guy down, and, and brother patronized my booth. He bought a, he bought some merch. Um, I believe he has a book, and he was describing the book. He was describing brother, and he said something. He said, "You know, he's independently wealthy, so his time is his. His freedom belongs to him." And I thought to myself, man, it really resonated in my spirit, man. I was like, wow, um, that's really what I want for myself and my family, for us to be independently welcomed so that our time is free. Um, And you can only do that by betting on yourself, brothers and sisters. Um, Betting on yourself. I was listening to uh, Corey Holcomb. He said, whenever I bet on myself, you know, everything worked out. When we bet, when we bet on ourselves, brothers and sisters, we're able to do a whole bunch of things. We are able to enrich our community because we can give back, right? We can create jobs. We can create goods and services. We're able to create independent wealth, right? That's not attached to mainstream and all of the the uh, all the catches that come with it. And so I was like, yeah, we need to. Uh, Continue to do these things. Continue to take up our own sword. You know, put our lace our boots up right where we are, as Booker T. Washington would say, and use what we have, right? And so, what I learned, another thing that I took away besides independent wealth, uh, creating this time, this this freedom of time. Uh, again, like I said, always bet on yourself. You know. 
I, I once heard 50 Cent say, I can I can lose, I can I can take losing, I just can't take losing at the hands or, or by the will of somebody else. In other words, when someone else is calling the shots, if I lose, that's not cool. But if I lose by following my own shots, then that's super cool. So yeah, when you bet on yourself, it's a sacrifice indeed. But the reward is paramount and is immeasurable. So um, one thing I learned is that opportunities lead to more opportunities. So one event leads to the next. You know, one interaction leads to another interaction with another person that could place me further down the line, closer to my goal. So um, be open to those opportunities, y'all. Be open to them. You know, um, it was just great. It was amazing. I couldn't, <laughs> the, the festival was amazing. You know, it, it was just that simple. But, you know, real quick before I let you guys go, two two things I want y'all to remember, right? Kuji Chagalia, which means self-determination to define, name, speak and create for ourselves and Ujamaa Cooperative Economics which means building and maintaining our own store shops and other businesses to profit from them together man I really partook in those two principles of Kwanzaa Kujichagalia which is self-determination and Ujamaa which is Cooperative Economics it was right in action y'all so I wanted to keep this brief today man and that's just what I'm going to do I want y'all to continue to tune in I want y'all to keep on the lookout because I'll be doing more events. I'll be coming with more merch. Um, y'all just be easy. And like Brother Malcolm say, may we meet in the light of understanding in the future. Peace and love, y'all.